So it's really horrific to hear some of these stories as the more and more um, as they come up. But it's always like that, Nora. Like in the beginning, it looks good. In the mm-hmm. beginning, the signs are positive. But it's so important. That's why this topic is so important. It's because it's so important that the moment you notice a red flag, mm-hmm. you need to talk to somebody about it. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another soulful episode on the Good Life Podcast with me, Noor. And me, Mizi Wahid. Thank you for being our follower. Thank you for supporting us. And if you love this episode as well, let us know. We'll be more than happy, more than delighted to read from you. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, thank you so much for, you know, all the love and support that you've given our channel. You know, we always love reading each and every one of your comments, um, you know, your insights, the learning points and takeaways from the episode. So mm. we love, you know, how much this community has grown together and, you know, learning from one another. Yes, and there's lots more where you can get more content from us. Follow us on Instagram, thegoodlife underscore podcast right now yeah the good life underscore podcast you guys it's a beautiful online community you know we push out and post a whole lot of informational content that help you understand you better that help you understand your personality the human mind people Mm. relationships so there's a whole lot of things to you know discover about you about life Mm. and on spotify please don't forget to click the follow button so that you'll be subscribed to us and get the latest updates when our new episode comes up. Woohoo! So exciting, you guys. Okay, so today we're gonna zoom in today's topic, right? And we would like to actually cover on red flags, specifically five red flags to share with you guys on what you can actually look out for in relationships, mm. right? So red flags are essentially things that will make you go ding, 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 you know, in your mind, inside of you, it goes alert, alert, Mm. please walk with caution, (laughs) right? So these are the things that actually indicate to you that is, you know, a lack of respect, um, a lack of integrity, or a lack of interest towards the relationship that is happening right before your eyes. Mm. I want to imagine what it's like, you know, to to be somebody who actually sees some of these signs, Mm -hmm. And not really reacting to them because it could be that the person, you know, you're with is somebody that you have recently fallen for. Mm. You really like the person. And even when there are some unusual behavior, uncomfortable responses, words that they say to you, you kind of brush them off. Mm, yeah. Um, so the red flags probably look like a lighter shade of uh, pink, pink or something. <laughs> Exactly. Salmon color. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Instead of seeing it as red, red, because of how you feel about the person, about what's going on at that particular moment, you know. Yeah. But again, um, faded red or whatever, you know, it's you still kind of feel like something's not quite right, Mm -hmm. and perhaps this episode will help you to recognize whether those traits are problematic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could they potentially lead to something bad? Or it's actually something that's pretty normal uh, and there's a way for you to manage it, okay? Yeah, totally. Um, I feel that oftentimes 
you know, individuals, we tend to, you know, go in search of a relationship without this important, essential knowledge of what to actually look out for in relationships. So what happens is that, you know, we find ourselves you know, really stuck, you know, and not knowing what to do with the stuckness, not knowing what causes that discomfort and pain, you know, as you mentioned earlier. Um, we tend to feel that something is just not right, you know, the vibe is just not gelling with the person, but we tend to dismiss it, right? We tend to tell ourselves and we come up with a list of excuses that, oh, you know, it's, it's just a phase, Right, it's just a one-off mm, thing, mm. and the person probably won't repeat that again. Mm-hmm. So we become hopeful, but it's toxic hope. I feel that we tend to fall for, right? So a lot of times, um, we we may actually, you know, come from a family upbringing that is either too protective, you know, one that has um, often sheltered us from the real world struggles, right? So um, what I would call, you know, this is usually like, you know, living this fairy tale sort of fantasy that everything is all like, you know, unicorns and roses and stars and pretty, pretty, pretty stuff, mm. which then often, you know, leaves us very unequipped, right, with the right tools to be able to deal with life. Mm. So we have, you know, that group of people who come from a very sheltered um, sort of um, upbringing. You may also have one where the person may come from a very chaotic background. The, the, the complete opposite. Complete opposite, right? Mm. A very chaotic background, a lot of dysfunction going on. And what happens is that, you know, a child that is exposed to a whole lot of dysfunction and trauma, they often, you know, grow up either feeling very numb to life or they project a whole lot of that anger or that negativity outwards into the world. And this is something that is often projected towards the people closest to them, right? So the Mm. people around them, they become collateral damage, right? So I feel that, you know, when we come from, you know, such an an environment as a kid, seeing all these things and not really knowing how to go about regulating our emotions, not knowing how to go about understanding the kind of reality we live in and, you know, approaching the situation with the right coping approach. Um, And it brings about us living in a life of very unhealthy habits, living a life of a whole lot of like, you know, pain and misery, right? So we go into these behavioral patterns that lead us to abandon ourselves on the inside more and more. And Mm. this results in even more disconnection that we feel on the inside. Mm. And, you know, that's why I feel that it's really important that, you know, we really take that time to understand ourselves better. Mm. You know, this includes things like, you know, understanding our strengths, our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities, our wounds, our fears, our insecurities, where are they? Mm. You know, what fears and insecurities do we hold within, right? And because when, when we know those kind of stuff, it becomes easier, you know, for us to be able to kind of detect um, things that are not really aligned to what we want in life. Things that, you know, what we call red flags, things that you should be avoiding, the people that you should be avoiding that would just inflict a whole lot of damage onto you. Yeah. Well, either way, whether you were brought up in an environment that protected you, made you feel safe, or it was a chaotic one, 
we tend to fall into relationship patterns that sometimes can tend to be a bit more dysfunctional mm. and unhealthy for us in the long term. So yep. when we fall into these behavioral patterns that lead us to abandon ourselves more and more, um, it is important we understand ourselves better, understand red flags, yep. to look out for all of them so that we can minimize the pain that we go through. And really focus on growth. Because mm. I think growth is very important in life. If we're not growing, we're dying. And so yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes these are all merely distractions. So once you spot a red flag, you need to know what to do. Okay, And hopefully today's episode will enlighten you on this topic. Absolutely. You know, we hope this episode will provide you more clarity on what exactly to look out for. And if these, you know, red flags are something that you are actually going through right now, we hope it provides an invitation for you to really be curious as to, you know, why you keep being attracted to these very, you know, familiar, painful experiences. Um, and so um, what I would like to share with you is, um, you know, actually a, a good reflection exercise that I would like to invite you to try, right? So this exercise requires you to reflect on your past and current relationships, right? And for each of those relationships that you've been through, um, I would like you to reflect upon these questions. So um, the first one is for you to actually ask yourself, what attracted you to this person initially, right? And, you know, did the attraction last? If it didn't, what mm. caused that spark to die out? Mm. And, you know, was the fantasy you had about the person what you actually imagined? One that was actually validated on, in reality? Mm. Or... Was it one where the person turned out to be this completely opposite individual, you know? Another question for you to think about is like, you know, when did you start seeing major cracks mm. in the relationship, right? When did you start to feel, you know, something on the inside that's telling you, hey, you know, this person just feels or seems kind of off, mm. right? So what did you do then when you noticed those cracks? Did you tell yourself, oh you know, it's nothing, hmm. right? Or that you act upon it. So what do you do? Yeah. I mean, yesterday, I just uh, read about this um, celebrity in the US. Her name is even Rachel Wood. Mm. So she came out and finally said that um, my abuser, her na his name is, I think, Brian Warner. Who is Brian Warner? Brian Warner is this big celebrity, um, very famous in the early 90s, I think. He's, mm -hmm. he's known as Marilyn Manson. You know him? Oh, yes. The rocker that looks very freaky. Yeah, the um, creepy makeup. Very creepy guy. <laughs> so anyway, of course, you know, when you're a rocker, you get all these groupies and young girls coming up. And so she told how she was groomed, mm. you know, from a very young age, even when she was a teenager. Um, and then when she started opening up, as usual, everybody else who has been manipulated by Marilyn Manson, started to open up and share. So some of the stories are, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling because, uh, you know, what you just said suddenly triggered this, uh, what I read yesterday because you talk about at which stage mm. do the red flags start to show. Yeah. Some of them, they're like in the first week. Mm. Some of them in the first two weeks yep. and yet they remain stuck for years. Yeah, It's really sad. Yeah, um, But he's, he knows how to play the game. He starts off and immediately creates a bond. Boom, I love you or you're beautiful or, you know, you're so amazing. I don't Ooh, have anybody just oh like God. you. And just, <laughs> you know, complimenting, filling in the gaps where he feels the girl 
is um, missing, right? Is, yeah, it's feeling insecure about. Yeah, and he's just nailing it, nailing it, nailing it. If if he knows that some a girl has never been loved before, he's gonna say, "I love you within a week." Oh my gosh! And then the girl says, "Wow, somebody actually loves me." Yeah. And then she eventually becomes a slave to him. Mm-hmm. He actually locks some of these girls up in a room for 24 hours, not giving food, nothing, as a punishment uh, for disobeying or questioning anything. Or, you know, So it's really horrific to hear some of these stories as the more and more um, as they come up. But it's always like that, Nor. Like in the beginning, it looks good. In the mm-hmm. beginning, the signs are positive. But it's so important. That's why this topic is so important. Is because it's so important that the moment you notice a red flag, mm-hmm. you need to talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Because if you keep it to yourself, you think you know what this is. You think that this is this isn't as serious as as it seems. Mm-hmm. It may actually lead you down a very dark hole. So yeah. be careful. I know. You know, as you were actually sharing that, you know, these are actually real life cases. You know, there are actually people like that. Mm who are very cunning, Yes. who are very manipulative mm. and they know how to play the game They know exactly well. what they're doing. Yeah, they know the game well. They know when to play victim. Yeah. They know when to be in control. Mm-hmm. They know exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, speaking of roles and game playing, um, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that a lot of times when we go through life, we often take on either one of these roles. We either take on the role of a victim, mm-hmm. right, where we tend to drown in self-pity and despair. The other role that we, you know, might also take on is a persecutor role. So this role is someone who punishes someone else. Right, um, belittling someone else, making them feel really small. Mm. And the third role that people often tend to play is the rescuer role. Mm. So this is where they feel as though they are one level higher than the rest, and they feel as though, oh my god, and they look at others and like, oh my god, so poor thing. Mm. You know, come, let me help you. So they do a lot, a whole lot of saving. They do a whole lot of micro managing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is important that when we go through life and we go through experiences, we put on this lens of understanding the kind of roles that we play, the kind of roles that other people play. Because when we use our awareness superpower, mm-hmm. right, we are able to really detect the extent of game playing that happens in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Even in our own lives, the kind mm-hmm. of games that we play. A lot of times when we realize that we are often playing, for example, the victim role. We often then we it influences the kind of life scripts and narratives we tell ourselves, mm. right? It will definitely be along the lines of, "Oh my God, look at me! I'm so poor thing. You know, nobody loves me. My life is like this. It's fated to be, you know, this bad and you know miserable, right?" So we keep repeating these narratives to ourselves, and it becomes this self fulfilling prophecy where we mm. we remain stuck in victimhood for the rest of our lives. Yes. So all the questions that Noor mentioned earlier are very important and I hope you write them down and I hope you list down some answers and once you observe the patterns or similar patterns uh, that keep showing um, take note that why are they always emerging and when uh, is your partner showing these kind of responses mm. you know sometimes when you notice patterns that's when you know that hey this this is this isn't a joke you know this isn't something to take lightly mm-hmm. okay if it happened once just take note of it but if it repeats itself and in similar circumstances then you know that you've got something that you need to uh, be aware of yeah yeah totally so you know now that you've 
you know, hopefully done that reflection part, right? Reflecting on your past and current relationships, understanding the patterns, the similarities, the themes that you tend to go into, the themes that other people that you are in a relationship in tend to go into. Let's go into you know, zooming in and understanding the common red flags that you need to take note of, right? So the first one that we would like to share with you is this, someone who has difficulty being honest with you, right? So a lot of times, someone who has difficulty trusting others is because they themselves have a hard time trusting their own selves with their own selves, right? And, you know, this could be either like, you know, a dark, secretive past that they have had that hasn't really been resolved. Mm. And um, it's one that, you know, I think you're clearly seeing that it's spilling into, you know, the present relationship with you. But they chose to just take a stand of, you know, it's no big deal, you know, I'm over it. So they are just completely in denial, Right, thinking and wishing that it will go away, or you know, just seeing as it as something that is not a huge deal, mm. right? Or they could also be one that seems to have an excuse for everything, right? Like for example, if they were to cheat on you, you know, they could probably come up with some excuse like, oh, you know, you made me do it. It's because of you, you know, I had to do that. Right. So it's it's the huge lack of, you know, um, accountability and it's lies after lies after lies Mm. after lies. Mm. And, you know, them not being able to be honest with you, you know, it could perhaps be from the countless number of times that they have been maybe disappointed betrayed in the past they went through you know probably something you know bad or traumatic or something like that and because they went through that you know they've learned that okay you know i cannot trust people you know in order for me um to feel accepted i i need to put on this mask right this mask of lies lies and lies so even though yes you know they may have been through something sad something painful So even though the pain they feel is very much valid, but the thing is that it does not make the way they navigate through pain Mm. justifiable, Mm -hmm. right? It does not make them, you know, them telling all these lies justifiable, Mm. right? Because what it does is that, you know, I feel that when they go into this cycle of lying, to themselves and to you, it actually, you know, propagates more pain, not only for themselves, but also for the people involved in the relationship with them, right? So the thing, you know, with being with, uh, you know, someone who can't trust you, has difficulty trusting you, is that it's definitely a huge red flag, right, for you to take note of. Do not tell yourself that, okay, you know, he's going through something and it's all right for him to tell this lie. It's not okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, everybody says that, oh, I, I want to, you know, my values, the values that I want in the person I love is honesty. But you can't, you can't really tell from the beginning if the person is honest. Mm-hmm. You can only tell when you catch them not being honest. Yeah. <laughs> Correct? Yeah. So we can only assume uh, in the beginning. But again, this is why we're talking about what we're talking today. Red flags are really about, hey, wait a minute, this isn't consistent with what I thought he mm. or she is behaving. Yep. Yep. Um, and you catch them once and you're like, oh, sorry, 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 I forgot. I actually wanted to tell you, but once you maybe let it go. Yeah. Again, 
why is it happening again? Didn't you just say, oh, no, 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 this was different. You know, the one I told you was something different. Okay, you want to assume well of your partner because you love them, but always at the back of your mind, keep a mental note that this is not the first instance, this mm-hmm. is the second one. If it happens a third time, sit down, talk to them. And if you need to, I don't know, if you need to end it there, you end it there. If you need to give an ultimatum, give an ultimatum there and then. You say, this yeah. is the last straw, three strikes, but one last chance. One more time, and this is over. Um, it's, it's just something I cannot tolerate. Okay, Dishonesty is something that's not healthy in a relationship. And if you want to be serious with me, then you got to be serious with being honest. Yeah. You know, the thing with uh, dishonesty, it is a huge thing and it should not be taken lightly, right? Because if they start, you know, lying about the little things, it accumulates. And you know what? One day, lying about the big things to them will just be easy peasy, right? Mm. They might not even feel anything about it, right? Mm. To them, it might be like, it's, it's a norm, right? So don't try to normalize dishonesty in the relationship, what because what will happen is that you know you will find yourself constantly doing a whole lot of work trying to piece together so you're like playing detective right trying to piece together these um, missing puzzle pieces on your own Mm. and you're then basing the foundation of the relationship based on all these assumptions about the person and about the relationship right you constantly find yourself coming up with all this you know gazillion and one hypotheticals in your head in order to fill in the blanks of what that person could not complete so it will definitely drive you crazy, you know, being with someone who cannot be honest with you, right? Mm-hmm. So let's look at red flag number two. So red flag number two, this is another big one, you guys, controlling behavior, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So controlling behavior, it's when, you know, a, a person expects, compels or requires another person to cater to their own needs, even if it is at the expense of another person, right? And what I find is that, you know, controlling behavior, it is often done onto the individuals with the kindest of hearts, you know, people that, you know, just want to help, people that want to do good, and, you know, people who find it hard to actually, you know, set boundaries for themselves, people who find it hard to say no to things. The perpetrator will always catch this as, oh, this is an easy target. Yeah. Because they're easy to manipulate. They Mm -hmm. trust easily. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll defend me even if I mess up. Yeah. A hundred times. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I I guess it's not bad to be a good person or... (laughs) It is not bad at all. Please, you guys, don't... (laughs) It's important to also uh, be aware when the signs are showing. Yeah. Because we can be kind, but we don't have to be gullible. We can be kind, but we we don't need to be... What's the word? Tolerating mm. abusive bad behavior. Yeah. I was looking for a word, but that was uh, four words. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you know, the me- I hope you get the point. Okay? So controlling behavior is tough to get out of mm-hmm. once you're already in. So please, please, please be mindful. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a reason as to why, you know, people who want to control other people... Um, why they keep doing that. Oftentimes, you know, people who tend to abuse power, mm. on the inside, right, they, they feel as though they have like this sense of a loss of control, 
that's going on in their inner world. So what happens is that they try to compensate that loss by projecting it outwards onto other people so that you know other people will feel small. Right, so when they see other people feeling small, they then feel good. Yeah, it's it's just so twisted. Yes, but that's how it that's, works. Yeah, that's what they do. That's how it works, right? And you realize that you know people who tend to control others, they often deal with things like you know the imposter syndrome. They often um, struggle with really low self esteem, low self worth. And, you know, most highly likely, you know, experience something painful, really painful and traumatic in the past, mm. right? And what I would like to bring into attention is that, you know, when we think about controlling behavior, oftentimes we think of the big, big things, obvious controlling behaviors. But controlling behaviors done by really experienced, manipulative, cunning people, it's done very subtly. It's done in a way that, you know, when you think about it and when you look at it at a glance, you're like, uh, that's all right. You know, there's nothing really wrong with that. Right. But the thing is that when controlling behavior, it is done subtly, it's done consistently and repetitively over mm. time. Mm. It becomes somewhat of a norm. It becomes somewhat of this big, huge ball of impact and it inf inflicts really huge damage yeah. onto the people around them, right? Some people can be really good, you know, through this use of the power of persuasion, right? That you end up actually thinking that, oh my God, I think I'm the crazy one. Mm -hmm. I think I'm the one with issues. I think I'm the one that has, you know, that is fundamentally, you know, crazy and wrong and messed up. Yeah. I even feel like the imposter syndrome you mentioned is something that's drummed up in your head, you know? People keep, the people around you keep telling you, are you sure? You're not that good. You know, there are others better than you. How do you get here? You must be really lucky to be here, you know? Mm. Like, you're every time you come back home with some kind of an achievement, accomplishment, you always be made to feel like it's really nothing, you know? Um, others um, had to go through something harder, more difficult. So you are never even acknowledged once yeah. for your efforts. And, in, you know, to me, it can just um, magnify the the volume in your head mm -hmm. that says that you don't deserve this, you don't deserve this, you don't deserve this. Yeah. And that allows that control. So I see a lot of people now who cannot reach their fullest potential, even though they're extremely smart, very talented people, but you're kept, you know, down yeah. by the controlling ones in their lives. Yeah. 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 So, some examples of subtle signs of control would be threatening you with ultimatums like, if you continue doing this, I will divorce you. And the person who has nowhere else to go is usually the one given such ultimatums. For mm. example, a woman who, um, you know, was from a broken family, estranged parents, decides to marry this person so that she can run away and, you know, finally have someone to love. Mm. The person, the partner who knows that she has nowhere else to go yeah. will use this against yeah. her and then have full control from there on. Mm. So always be aware of your own circumstances. Always be careful about how much you share with your partner very early on mm. because it, sometimes it can actually give them leverage. It may sound like, oh, I'm a damsel in distress, come help me. Yeah. But you may be the one in trouble uh, in the future. Again. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, like these people, I feel that um, the manipulative people they know what buttons exactly to press. Right. Mm. The moment you 
you know, you, you share your vulnerabilities with the wrong people, they use that. So the thing with, you know, controlling abusive people is that they use your vulnerabilities to their advantage. Mm-hmm. So when they feel, you know, that it's convenient, they use it and they use it as a form of attack to you. And it makes you feel super small. Why? Mm. Because that is what you feel totally insecure about. That is the very thing that you fear the most. Yes. Other examples would be them putting you down, making you feel unworthy when things go, don't go their way. And this could be saying mean things to you to make you feel like you are the one to blame. Or throwing a huge tantrum to make you feel so guilty about not meeting their expectations. Keeping tabs on every single tiny interaction in a relationship, it seems that it becomes a business transaction. One where they start tracking what you owe them and they do a good job of positioning themselves as the person doing more for you than you are for them. Again, this gives them leverage, even Mm. though it may not be true, even though it may be equal contribution to relationship or you may be giving more, but yours will always be made to look like your contributions are way less significant than theirs. And again, the leverage is what gives them power and control over you. So be careful with that. If you believe that you are actually doing more, you need to voice out. You need to let them know. Mm -hmm. And if they disagree with it, even though logically it doesn't make sense, then again, this is where you need to make a very rational decision about the relationship. Yeah. I feel that the tactic style, it's confusion. Mm. (laughs) At the end of the day, the more they succeed at confusing you, the more you will be under their control. That's true. Right? It's scary. So it's how, it's it's the lies and dishonesty as we mentioned earlier. That's how they confuse you. And the other thing is um, the how they manipulate and interpret certain things that happen. Yeah. Okay? It's your fault. Yeah. This is you. You are the reason. Yeah. Um, even though clearly it wasn't yours. Mm-hmm. Others would be like, they like to pepper you with um, criticism, um, the way you walk, the way you dress, the way you address them, the way you spend your free time, the way you cook for them, the way you interact with your friends, the way your hair looks, like every single thing seems to be wrong about you. These criticisms might start out small and sparse, but they can quickly become a barrage if you succumb to them. And the worst part is that a controlling person usually offers a pretty compelling argument, so much so that the criticism seems to be masked in logic and reason. And therefore feels very, very convincing. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. It's, you know, when when we talk about this, right, it, it's just so hard to comprehend and to visualize such a person, you know, such a person that could actually inflict so much damage mm. on, onto another person. Yeah. Right? It's crazy. And I feel that another another sign of controlling behavior is, I think this is a common thing, when they tend to actually isolate you, you know, from your loved ones. So, you know, if you want to meet, like, perhaps maybe your parents or your friends or something like that, you know, they will probably throw a fit mm. or something like that. So, mm. essentially, their purpose is to make sure that you feel guilty about, you know, meeting your family, meeting your friends. And when you feel enough guilt, then you will succumb to just, you know, obeying their rules and their regulations, right? And when you do so, they gain full unquestioned control over you, Mm. right? And another example that I can think of, it's also 
uh, intense jealousy that they face. Mm. So I think a lot of times, though, when females when they see like you know their, their boyfriends being jealous, they often associate that to like oh you know you see he actually does care for me. You know he gets jealous when you know I'm around other guys or something like that. But the thing is that it becomes really unhealthy if your partner is someone who is like you know constantly watching you like a hawk, <laughs> right? Accusing you yeah. of. I mean, it's okay <laughs> to have transparency in a sense that he he has um, the the license to check or check your messages, for example, and your emails. But if he does it every day, yeah, and there are couples like that, and he starts blocking some of your your friends that he doesn't like, mm-hmm. you know that that's not jealousy. You know that's psychotic. That's yeah. obsessive behavior. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So know the difference. Okay. Yeah know the difference and I think it really boils down to you know educating yourself on what is healthy behavior what is unhealthy behavior right because when you do know that when you engage in you know relationships and you observe the kind of behaviors that people go into you're able to draw the line draw your boundaries Mm. to protect yourself yeah and if they keep accusing you of having an affair flirting when you clearly did not partake in any of those things, then I want you to know that that's not care, that's not love, that's control. Mm-hmm. That's utter control, mm-hmm. right? So I think it is really important uh, to remember that control, uh, manipulation, those are not acts of love, right? It's not to be confused with love because love, it's not control. Love is the ability for you to be free your independent self, right? And the right person will respect you. The right person will hear you out in your boundaries and respect that, right? So the outcome of, you know, living this, you know, controlled, manipulated life leads to a life of imprisonment, right? Ultimately leading to, you know, there's deep-rooted feelings of a whole lot of resentment that you feel towards yourself and also towards the person. And this is not healthy for you, right? Mm. The more you allow yourself to, you know, build up all these unhealthy tension on the inside, it will cause a whole lot of health problems. Not not just, you know, psychologically, but also, you know, physically, mm-hmm. you really start to feel it, right? You mm-hmm. know, things like you feeling really, really lethargic or your inability to focus, you know, losing appetite, not being able to get good sleep. So when you are, probably if you have reached that point, right, I want you to not continue to tell yourself that it's okay things will change reach out for professional help to help you through that because those are severe you know symptoms to be actually be going through right your body is like screaming literally screaming out h e l p so listen to it mm. are you struggling to heal from the pain of your past do you find yourself painfully moving through life feeling unsatisfied and unhappy? If you are feeling this way, you don't have to continue living life this way. If you're looking to seek for professional help to guide you through your challenges, drop us an email at info at the goodlifepodcast.live. That's live with a L-I-V-E. Or you can submit your application form found on our Instagram profile page at thegoodlife underscore podcast. Remember that you don't have to go through this alone. 
and that a better life is only an inquiry away. Looking forward hearing from you. All right, let's move on to red flag number three. They become angry when you start discussing their mistakes. And it doesn't even mean that you are overreacting to their mistakes. Sometimes it's just bring it up, bringing it up in a in a very casual conversation, they lose their minds. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is like probably maybe in conversations where you perhaps maybe want to get you know certain clarity on things, or you want to probably work with them, right? To to see ways on how to go about like you know improving the relationship, but just like a very innocent sort of intention it quickly flares up and it becomes this like war zone. Like, you know, you're like on battleground or something, mm. right? And and you feel that when you try to strike up conversations with them, it always gets up, you know, ends up feeling very heated. It ends up going nowhere. It ends up like, you know, this blaming game. Like, you know, it was you, you, you. And there's, there's no resolution to it, right? And yeah, you know, this this could be where they then pull out their guns and be like, oh my God, you know, you don't care about me. So again, you know, playing like the victim sort of role, saying that, you know, I don't deserve this treatment from you. You know, why are you putting so much pressure on me? You know, you don't care for me. You don't love me. Things like that. Or, you know, they could also play the persecutor role where they put you down harshly. Mm. You know, they shout at you. They're so mean to you. Basically belittling you making you look like the petty crazy dramatic one mm. right so when you, you when you see and observe that you know your partner is someone who is not able to regulate their emotions well where they are easily flared up they are super hot tempered this is a big one right it's something for you to take note and to not let it be dismissed right yeah. so the thing about you know anger and being upset those are normal emotions like you know we are only human mm-hmm. we feel anger we feel you know the sense of being upset and stuff like that mm-hmm. but the thing is that what differentiates someone who is able to regulate their emotions and someone who's not is that when someone you know someone who's healthy right when they do feel anger they don't allow that anger to get the better of themselves, right? They don't allow the anger to be projected outwards and causing a whole lot of damage to other people. They don't mm. go into defensive mode. Mm. Instead, they are they give themselves that opportunity to think it through, to think through their responses. So those are green flags, right? <laughs> those are green flags uh, of someone who is healthy, someone who is emotionally available, emotionally stable. Right. So the thing is that, you know, if your partner blows up all the time, has a really bad tantrum, um, then the behavior is most likely not going to change if they don't see that that is an issue. Right. Don't go, you know, banging on the hope that, oh, you know, I'm here to save them. You know, um, love can change the person. Nah, right. Mm-hmm. If the person clearly does not see that it is an issue, you can give them the greatest love of all. Is that like a, is that a Whitney, Whitney Houston song? Yes. Greatest love of all. <laughs> yes. You can do that, right. But none of it will, will, will move their hearts to want to change. Mm. Right. 
So I think what happens is that when this is left unattended, when you allow them to go into, you know, the anger cycle, allowing them to behave just like a child, right? Mm. Throwing tantrums around, it's going to cause huge communication obstacles in your relationship further down the road. Mm -hmm. And we all know if there's no two-way communication going on, It's going to be hard for, you know, your needs to be voiced out, to for your needs to be fulfilled and met. And you're just going to end up being in a very unhappy, very, very unfulfilling relationship. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So, red flag number four. They grew up in an unstable family. Now, we're not saying that all individuals who had a tough, unstable childhood will all turn out to be unhealthy, mean people. Because we've also seen really beautiful, amazing souls who have been through so much but still chose to want to be and do better in their present lives today. They treat people better because they know how badly they were treated and they don't want anyone to experience anything like that, whether they are their friends or their spouses or their children. But why do we bring up the family life? Um, Well, Because the type of family that your partner was brought up in will give you a good indication of the type of parental messages that they grew up with, the life scripts that they chose to take on, the type of pain that they have been through, and how they have learned to cope with the pain. Or maybe they didn't cope with it very well. Mm -hmm. Their values that were shaped, their lifestyle that they lived, and their belief system as well. Now, all these are really important things for you to explore and really know to see if you will be a good fit with them. And whether those past painful experiences are being brought forward in this relationship with you or have they left it behind. Mm -hmm. If they are bringing it along, it is an invitation to be curious on whether firstly are they conscious of their emotional baggage because sometimes it's not so easy to just cut off your past. You know, they'll bring some of it along with them. And secondly, what are they doing to work through it? Mm -hmm. Are they reaching out to you for help? Are they going to see a therapist to get themselves helped? Mm -hmm. Um, To to me, these are the the signs that could actually help you say, you know what, there are some red flags, but I think I can work through it and make this happen if my partner agrees to also work on it themselves. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to end up being their punching bag, being... The, the garbage can that all the trash and garbage is being dumped on you, yeah. being the collateral damage, taking in all their hurt and pain and be their superhero rescuing them all the time because yeah. it's going to get very tiring yeah. and it's going to drain your energy a lot. Totally. It's going to be really, really tiring if you're constantly finding yourself in this um, superhero sort of mode. Mm. Every day it's like, save the day, save the day. <laughs> like, it's really tiring and exhausting, you know. Do you know that, you know, the, I, I came across this one website once, okay? And it's actually, I think it's targeting women. Mm-hmm. It's targeting women who actually want to find a guy who can be loyal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it boils down to one premise. Actually, they sell a program. You buy it, then they'll teach you what exactly will get a guy to stay with you and stick with you and be fiercely loyal. Wow. You, you're interested, <laughs> is it? You want to buy the package? It's a very interesting... But, but I think it takes on a very uh, dark twist because the strategy is really this. You need to um, approach the guy and immediately in the first few 
times of meeting the person, you know, um, you need to sh- tell them, you need to show them a very vulnerable side of yourself and then to show how much you need them. And and men have this innate need to be a hero, mm. to want to save the day. That's mm-hmm. why the damsel in distress thing, yeah. right? When when a guy feels like he can actually save a girl from maybe maybe she was from you know a broken family maybe she had financial troubles and he came in and saved the day and paid off all of her debt maybe she was from an abusive relationship or divorced you know in a very ugly divorce and then he says you know what I'm gonna come in and save her mm. you know these are the kind of instances where the guy will then feel like I'm the hero and she needs me yeah. and she can just continue to play victim all of the time and say I need your help here I need you need to do this for me and he will always always respond because it feeds his very um, um, uh, inter- his internal need la, mm. to become a hero so it can be very dark and twisted yeah uh, but does it work it works you know so how do we get here what were you talking about uh, I was talking <laughs> about the save the day yes exactly so that's the part and I think you know um, it's, it gets very tiring so it sounds like a good program that this this I don't know what company was mm. selling this, but the ending is never going to be good because the guy will eventually get sick and tired. Yeah, the girl will eventually also may get tired of him because like I don't want a guy who's always there to save me. Mm-hmm. I want a guy who can lead the way. Yeah. I want somebody to be an authority. This guy is like submitting to my every need. Yeah. In the beginning, it's nice to have, but now not anymore. And if she decides to leave him and go for someone else, someone different, then that's going to crush this guy as well. So this is where, you know, from a man's perspective, this is where sometimes men, um, you know, are the victims, mm. you know, in these kind of situations. And I've heard of these stories before. And yeah, we just need to be careful. Yeah, sign, the signs are always there. And the moment you notice it, take note of it and say, yeah. okay, like I said earlier, first time, second time, third time, oh, okay. Yeah. Something to take note of. Wow, interesting story. I have some reservations about that program. I don't <laughs> think it's a healthy way to be beginning <laughs> a relationship or getting to know someone. So, Scary, yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> okay, let's go on to red flag number five. And this is on rushing the relationship, right? So, you know, this is where you probably just met them and you find them saying things like, you know, I love you. I care for you so much. You know, you mean so much to me. You are my world. You are my queen. You are my whoever. Mm-hmm, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So they put you on this pedestal. And they see you as the one, the only one. Right? And I find that one of the most toxic relationships a person can be in is one that begins too quickly. Right? So it's being rushed. Just now, you know, I remember you were talking about um, people that, um, go into you know relationship and you know at the start they're just being you know love bombed left right center front you 
<laughs> right? Like everywhere. Did boom. You just say bombed. <laughs> yeah, bombed. And it also had a sound effect as well. Boom. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and to to some, you know, especially for those who have, you know, maybe the fear of being alone or they have this really strong and healthy, you know, desire, yearning for companionship. You know, and when they come across someone like that who's like, you know, coming to them and just bombing them with so much love, right? Overwhelming amount of love, like the I love yous and stuff like that. Mm. And, you know, the person who feels very vulnerable, her per- the person who is really wanting so much of love would probably buy in, right? The person would be like, oh my God, you know, someone actually notices me. You know, I exist. Oh my God, you know, I can actually be loved. And that's when it becomes dangerous. Because there's a reason why people rush into relationships. Like the Marilyn Manson thing I said earlier. Yeah, Yeah, exactly that, right? So there are actually two reasons why. One, it could either be that person is desperate for a new relationship. You know, maybe, you know, they have not been in a relationship for the longest time and they're like, oh my God, I just want to be in a relationship. Or they um, just got out of a painful relationship, right? And the way they cope with pain is to jump from one relationship to the next, mm-hmm. right? So coming from a very desperate sort of mode. And the other one is like, you know, the Marilyn Manson sort of case, mm. where it's a case of manipulation, you know, one with a whole lot of hidden agenda, right? And speaking of manipulation, um, I don't know whether you heard that there's been like a, a spike in the number of like, you know, the online romance scams. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? why, why, are, why are they able to get victims so easily? Well, because they know who to target, mm-hmm. who looks desperate, who responds positively in the first instance, you know. So so, and again, these are people who immediately say, "Wow, I've never seen you know anyone as beautiful as you. I love your smile. I love your eyes. I love your hair. I love yeah. the, I love the way you dress. I love everything about you. <laughs> uh, can you transfer one thousand dollars for me too?" <laughs> So, and my mother's sick. Please yeah. <laughs> help me. I mean, it always happens. Uh, why do you trust them? A complete stranger, someone you've never seen before. And I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say that it's because um, th- there is so much emptiness that has not been filled by anyone. Yeah. Um, but no, you know what? On on this topic too, I would highly recommend you know you guys listen to some of our episodes where we talked about self love because when you always are in search of love from an external source, it may not always be there, but I think it's always important to start beginning, uh, start to search for love from within yourself. Meaning, Mm. when you love yourself, you're going to fill that void. You're not going to easily fall for such scams. Do not tell yourself that I'm not good enough, nobody loves me, nobody cares about me. Forget all of that negativity. Reject all of that. Tell yourself what's good about yourself and appreciate every single thing about you, whether they are your perfections or imperfections, your your flaws, your, your blessings, whatever it may be. You know, When you start loving yourselves, anytime somebody tries to manipulate you, you'll be a lot more wary uh, and you'll um, calculate your moves and your responses better. Yeah, beautifully said. Um, you know, you start living a more fulfilling life when you start living life from the inside out instead of creating a life from the outside in, right? 
And um, that concludes today's episode, right? So those are the five red flags to look out for. You know, um, the list is non-exhaustive. That there's definitely more out there, but these are the five main ones that we feel it's important for you to give it a think, right? To introspect and to see if these are flags that you know you've been seeing in your relationships, right? So don't allow you know, a relationship to spark that doubt or to plant that seed of doubt within you, mm, right? Mm. I think, you know, one of the main reasons people rush into relationships is because they feel pressure to do so. They feel as though it will be a fast relief to whatever, you know, the void that they're feeling on the inside, right? So they either feel like, you know, they're getting older or, you know, maybe they, they compare themselves to other people around them, right? Mm-hmm. They see like, oh my God, you see, you know, they're engaged, they're married, they have kids, they're doing this, they're doing that. And so it creates this unhealthy urgency inside, mm-hmm. right? For mm-hmm. you to quickly also be the same level mm-hmm. as them, to, to kind of be in this chase, right? So you're constantly finding yourself in this chase to keep up, mm-hmm. Right, and because of this cheese of trying to keep up, it creates this pressure, and we become more prone to changing the things about ourselves. We become more prone to, you know, people who are not nice, right? All these, you know, cunning, manipulative people, they're just like, you know, sitting around, just so we become like sitting ducks, you know, mm. they're just like waiting around. And if they're able to spot someone whom they can actually, you know, con or control, that's it, man. Yep. Right? So, you know, as what you mentioned earlier as well is that, you know, you often have all these thoughts of, you know, I'm not good enough or, you know, I can never be loved. Always remember these are just thoughts. These are just beliefs that can be shifted with time Mm -hmm. and, you know, with the proper guidance, either from, you know, a therapist or a coach, it can be shifted into life scripts that are more empowering for you, right? Mm. So don't believe the lies that your mind, you know, frequently likes to tell you, right? Give yourself that permission to reach out for help if you need one. Give yourself the permission to genuinely discover the journey of self-love. Because when you allow yourself to do that, when you allow yourself to journey on that beautiful path, you know, you start living life differently. You start viewing yourself and the world that you live in differently. Yes, absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope today's episode has given you some insight on the topic of spotting red flags in your relationships and the people around you. Um, And hopefully it will be a way to protect you and yourself and your future better, inshallah. So um, once again, appreciate all your support. And if you love anything from this episode, please let us know. Um, share it around let people know about our podcast we truly appreciate that too so that others can also benefit feel free to also browse through our other episodes we've done like what 60 episodes so far or oh, more? more than 70 wow. alhamdulillah. <laughs> alhamdulillah so there's so much content there if you are new welcome uh, but also check out all the other episodes that we've done in the past on various different topics and hopefully they'll all be beneficial to you in one way or another take care Have an amazing day ahead and as Noor always says, be the amazing you that you are. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.